take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello and welcome Balloon Artist Podcast Nation to yet another episode. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Leah Beck. Leah Beck from the Bay Area, San Francisco, California, from the States. Uh, her company, The Balloon Man, is providing services even these days, these hard days, I might say, of the corona pandemic. And I want to know what is going on with you. Hello, Leah. Hi, Ziv. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for participating here and sharing with us. Before we like go into what you're going through, because you're a full-timer, you make a living from balloons, and the situation right now is pretty much impossible for people like us. So tell me a little bit about your journey prior to 2020. How did you get into this industry? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I was, um, I'm actually a third-generation balloon artist. My grandfather uh, started the party rental company and did balloons on the side, and my mom took it over. And uh, I've been working with balloons most of my life. I didn't really get serious about it until I attended my first IBAC, International Balloon Arts Convention. And that was like in 2004, I believe, in Anaheim, LA. And that's when I totally, my mind was blown wide open with balloons and seeing all these other artists just going crazy and having a field day doing balloons. And I grew up doing balloons, but it was always the balloons until... I started to just throw private parties with my friends and they had like a warehouse space in Oakland. And I actually got to attend the parties that my balloons were at. And so I saw the reaction that people were having and we do balloons, we set it up and we leave before the party most of the time. And you don't really get to see the reaction that people have. So to be at the party and get credit for creating this crazy kelp octopus sculpture or a giant sun hanging from the with clouds hanging from the warehouse. That was cool. So I decided to really just jump in and I got my CBA in 2005. And that's when I uh, just saw things differently with balloons. When I became a, an owner in 2012, I took over the company, my family's business. And that's when everything really shifted for me because I was actually able to see the full spectrum of answering the phone, taking the order, placing the order for those balloons, paying for the balloons, doing the work, delivering it, and then getting paid and seeing the full cycle. So it wasn't just about playing with balloons and doing something creative or doing the mundane stuff. It just shifted my whole perspective. And just recently, because of the pandemic, we've currently been working out of my family's business for about 30 years now. We've stayed within the party rental company. So the balloon portion was like a side business. We were a separate company, but we stayed within the same building. And because of the pandemic, my family's company had to close down or they had to consolidate and we had to move. So as of like a month ago, I got a new shop. And so it's like this huge new start for me because even though I've been doing balloons for a good 23 years full-time, 
now I'm like on my own, it feels like I'm not within my family's company anymore. I'm considering all these new changes um, that I'm going through. And so it's exciting and scary and awesome. It's everything. So it's got a lot of potential. Wow. Ultimately excited. <laughs> wow. First so. of all, uh, three generations of balloon artists, and that's quite a legacy by itself. And <laughs> it's true how you said it that we usually don't see the people that are enjoying our balloons and being yes. there in that situation. I can see how that will create a bigger fire for everything, designs Definitely. and balloons. And uh, now I wondered, it sounds very scary to open up a shop in the middle of a pandemic where no one really knows what's going to happen. Tell me what mm -hmm. happened for you when the pandemic started, when the lockdown in California started relatively early in America, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, San Francisco Bay Area in particular in California was one of the first states that enforced the shelter in place. We were ahead of the curve. I mean, California is huge. It really should be three states just based on the demographics and the population. So we're a huge state. And I think we led the rest of the nation soon followed. We were sheltered in place from like March 16th all the way until May, May 25th. It was a long time. So it was challenging. I mean, I actually really have never had that much time <laughs> to not do work. So it was kind of a welcoming change to just stop. It, it was hard, of course. Everybody was kind of in a different mode. A lot of people don't know what to do with themselves. I'm an introvert, so it wasn't like a huge deal for me to <laughs> be at home. I love being at home. And like I said, I never get to spend that much time at home. So it was kind of this cool little special space. But yeah, I mean, I think the Q Corner convention happened with Qualitex and they asked me to be a teacher. So that was a place that I could focus my energy on, teach a class. And we really just tried to find a, a balance between making these contactless deliveries without spreading the virus, which was a challenge because there's just so much unknown information and there's a lot of public shaming happening. And some people are like, do what you got to do to survive. So it was just like a really mixed bag of like, is this okay? Is this not? And I think socially, the 1 million bubbles that Stephen Jones instigated was a huge success around the world and around the United States in particular. And it just got people, balloons on people's radar. And all of a sudden kind of became this thing that everybody could do. And not everybody, but it became something that people could do. And that was really important at a time when there was so much taken away and so many restrictions for what we could do. But balloons kind of slipped past that radar and was able to be um, celebrated and welcomed and accepted. And so, yeah, making your shelter in place magical became the thing and decorating your house with balloons and letting signaling to your neighbors that if you have balloons out front, that things were going good or that you could spread that back. And it was very instant gratification for a lot of people, the people that were receiving it and the people that were seeing it. And all of a sudden, people started to feel good about <laughs> things again and balloons were that catalyst. So that was really great. And it still is. I mean, I think they still stand by that. And a lot of people are jumping on this, that bandwagon with doing balloons. A lot of event planners now 
in the industry can no longer do events. And so they're turning to balloons and that's their new business. And we have about six new companies that have popped up in the past three months here in the Bay Area. (laughs) All of a sudden I have all this competition. Even though you have so much new competition, you've decided to open up a space and not just, you could have operated from home, isn't it? I could have operated from home. That would be like my last choice. I already have a hard time shutting off work and keeping a separate life. And I'm a bit of a workaholic. So I didn't really want to open up from home because then it'll never end. So yeah, I mean, it's, I did make the choice to either downsize and or come out and get a bigger shop. And I just felt like I wasn't going to survive if I downsized. I had to take a, a risk to achieve something. I know playing it safe is, is a definitely smart in a lot of ways. And I'm trying to consolidate in other ways. The new space that I got actually is less money than my old space. So there is that element where it's not like a complete risk. I'm actually paying less and I have more space than I did before. So well, it's kind of a sweet deal. Nice. And do you have to spend a lot of money on decorating it? Like on renovating or, or something like that? I did invest a couple thousand dollars in painting it and upgrading some of my storage bins. And man, I'm so happy. <laughs> it just looks amazing. It's kind of like a, like a dream that I've had. And I could have played it safe and not painted and not done any of that stuff and and gone just gotten back to work but I kind of had to really forge the space and I'm kind of in the process of reinventing myself and it's not easy (laughs) I don't like especially with all the murky water and and clarity in the future and just all the political stuff that's going on it's it's just a crazy time to be reinventing yourself and it's actually the best time to be reinventing yourself because I don't want to get stuck in the way that I was and I want to adapt and just be fluid. So that's what I'm trying to do. Wow. It seems like some people, they pivot into, I don't know, teaching online and they pivot into uh, going out of the balloon industry or even they pivot into the delivery business, right? They already do balloon decor, but there's more money on certain locations in that. So they pivot into that. And you actually pivoted into a balloon shop, into your own shop. That's dreamy. A lot of people would be very excited to be in your spot. I have to share with you. You probably know that. But tell me a little bit, how are you surviving this? Like, do you actually still have decoration gigs? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty frugal with not spending money that I don't have. So I don't have any debt. I have a low overhead and I have a lot of money saved. So I just try to keep really good relationships with rich people and my rich clients, they still have money and they still want to spend it. And they have rich friends and they referrals are my number one way that I get business by, through word of mouth. So having a strong reputation is very important. So yeah, I do have some gigs. The shelter in place is still somewhat common happening. I mean, people are still out and doing work, but a lot of people are still at home and working from home. So all the contactless deliveries, the drop-offs, we just have been doing decorating interior of houses, exterior of houses. There's not too many events happening. A lot of venues are not taking parties or... But I know that they are starting to happen more. So just a lot of private parties. 
but that's kind of been my source of uh, income for a while now. So we do just do, don't do as big of parties. Do you do any marketing to get those customers to refer? I have not done too much marketing. I really am going to need to turn to that since I got a new shop and I'm going to be rebranding. Um, I'm definitely going to turn to marketing. But surprisingly, I don't advertise and I get a ton of work. It's pretty crazy. And I know that things are changing and that isn't going to last forever. I think a reputation and word of mouth is the best form of marketing. Wow. So what is your number one bestseller these days, if you don't mind sharing? Well, the number displays are pretty big where we do the Mylar number shape balloons and then put it on a pedestal base with all the happy birthdays and all the Mylar accents. Those are huge. People love the garlands, of course. Those are just so popular. The organic garlands. Those are definitely my two top sellers. I've been doing a lot of ceiling balloons with not just like helium balloons on ribbon, but the helium balloons with the little baby balloons trickling down on a clear line. So it looks like it's raining balloons. When the shelter in place first happened, that was one of my gigs that canceled. And with like six hours before it was supposed to happen, she canceled. So I had all these balloons, took them home. <laughs> I had no other place to go. And we enjoyed them for like three weeks. And again, it was just one of those things. I do balloons all the time, but I don't really hang out with my balloons. And so here they were in my living space. And so I started to promote those because I just thought that they were so cool. And uh, yeah, so ceiling, raining balloons is what I call them, where mm. they're ceiling balloons on with little bubble strands, basically. Those are pretty yeah. popular. So. Cute. Wow. What's your hopes for next year? Well, I'm hoping that the world can shift. I mean, it's such a quandary because we want to, everybody wants to make money and that's like the definition of success. And yet the exploitation of your employees and people and just natural resources and I don't know, the cost of industries and pollutants. And I mean, it was just so amazing when everything shut down, it was like the world started breathing again, like the earth started breathing again. And it was just such a beautiful thing. Like life does go on. Life still happens without the economy running. And yet I know I'm speaking from a privileged place because I'm safe and I have a shelter. I have a home. I'm not being evicted. I have a job. All those things are in place. And for other people, it's not like that at all. And so like money is an essential item that you need. And so I would love to see a balance between the two. I would love to see the machine doesn't have to keep grinding. And like if there was more space for time with each other and quality time that we're not just like constantly working. And so I don't know if that can happen, but that would be a nice little balance of making money and having free time. <laughs> that's me personally. That's something I need in my life. Otherwise I'll just burn out. So I don't know. It would be great to just have a little bit more balance of work and, and quality life. I just don't know if that's possible though. It seems like it could be possible if everybody was on, on that same tip. It's just, there's a lot of uh, different priorities at play and people like to make money and <laughs> it takes, it just, it takes stuff to make money and that doesn't always give back. So that's a really long winded answer. I don't know if I even answered it, the question. Yeah. Well, I'm into a more balanced world and I hear you. And of course, 
for some people, it's been very a very scary period of time with no money at all and and with debt piling. And yeah. uh, that's sad too. Do you have employees that you are hire? Yeah, I do have two employees. And then my parents are semi-retired, but they still come and help out when I need them. So I guess we're a team of five. Um, mm-hmm. And then I have a few, whatever you call them, freelance resource mm-hmm. people that come in. Did you have to follow someone? No, I did not have to furlough anybody. Thankfully, we're just trying to strategize. One of my employees does not need that much money, so so that's helpful. But yeah, just <laughs> all this free time, like they can try to earn money in other ways if they can, but it's I just try to give them work and I can. It, they're both part time, so it's not a big a big loss on I not have like a huge demand of work coming in. But when I do with the move and stuff, I've been, we've been doing a lot of organizing and smaller projects, just try to keep them busy with washing my vans and cleaning up stuff to stay organized. And then I have a, a graphic designer that works on my website also. That's always a constant project that needs updating. Wow. In this year, you've been teaching in Float yes. and your designs, big and impressive. I look at uh, some of your Instagram pictures, which are stunning, by the way. So guys, I I highly recommend you check out Leah Beck's Instagram handle, which is iHeartBalloonArt. And we'll put a link to that in uh, today's show notes in Balloon Artist Podcast, because you really do need to see the details. And it's stunning work, seriously stunning work. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. And you actually shared those designs, those the elephant and the panda bear and the giraffe. You taught those designs within Float. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. It was a frameless animal sculpture class. So I taught four designs, four animals that did not involve a frame. So they were like freestanding, about four feet tall, or about three feet tall by four feet long, um, except the peacock was smaller or actually kind of bigger, but shorter. Yeah. And then the elephant and the panda bear were costumes. So it was like a, a dual yeah. design where you could climb inside and activate the animal <laughs> yeah. by being one. Cool. Yeah. Very, fun stuff. Cool. And uh, what's your opinion on distortions? I noticed that you, you're not afraid of distortions. What's your, your opinion on that? Well, if you have incredibly strong micro muscles in your fingers, then <laughs> go for it. <laughs> you do not. You need to get the those finger tools out. Those uh, what are they called? The little muscle grabber. It's like a spring-loaded thing to strengthen your fingers. Yeah, distortion's super hard, and you have to be so patient and know that it's going to take you at least five times before you get it right. As long as you go in knowing those things, mm-hmm. you might be able to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> depends on the distortion but, you, but yeah tricky you price it differently for a customer or you just do it because uh, you you choose to yeah a lot of my uh, sculptures are probably underquoted. i tend to do things because i want to do them rather than because somebody's paying me to do them although i love to get paid to practice so i often will sell something that i've never done before and then take it as a practice session and just give it 110%. And if it doesn't turn out right, I'll redo it until I'm satisfied. 
which is a bit of an obsession. And I mean, I feel like I can get away with that because I'm the owner. But if I was having an employee doing that, I probably wouldn't really let them. (laughs) So I just, uh, I love to try new things. And I think some of my best work comes out when I'm trying something new. But it's good to repeat the things that you've learned and apply them. And so everything kind of builds, every sculpture I've done feels like it builds on the last one in some way. But yeah, I never get paid for what I what those sculptures are worth. But it's partially a confidence thing. And I make my money off of classic decor <laughs> <laughs> by far. Wow. So I feel like the classic decor allows me to play and have fun with the sculptures and the distortions and all those new techniques that are take a lot of practice. Eventually yeah. I'll get paid what I'm worth. I've come to a point where I don't do them now if they don't pay a certain minimum amount. Whereas before I would just do it for whatever. But now I have at least I have a minimum amount for my sculptures and then I keep pushing it to charge more and charge more. So sweet. So I will just say, uh, people, if you're listening to this, stop the car now, go to Instagram, check uh, iHeartBalloonArt as the handle, and I think you will be very pleased. Leah, you also have some tutorials that you share. If someone wants to learn those sculptures that you've shared, that you've released in Float 2020, how can they contact you for more details? Sure. Thank you. You can go to leahbeck.com. That's L-E-A-B-E-C-K.com. And I have a link that you could go to my tutorials and buy them. They usually have a sliding scale for people. So I think it's between like $15 and $40. So depending on what you can afford. It's just an it's notes basically. And then I'm going to be teaching or I'm working on a video that will be released for a teddy bear sculpture. Nice. That includes notes also, but it's video. (laughs) Cool. We will put a link for that inside our show notes for people to check. And I want to thank you, Leah, for sharing some point of optimism actually here that some people so passionate about what they do that even within the pandemic, they didn't lose hope and have opened up a shop. And that's really inspiring. And and the story worth telling. And I hope all the best, lots of safety and lots of customers. And, and may you always have the opportunity to see the happiness that your, your balloons bring to the world. Thank you. I appreciate that. I hope everybody gets to see the joy that their balloons bring. That's yeah. something I would, I would wish on everybody. Thank you guys for listening to Balloon Artist Podcast. And I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.